And welcome to episode 17 of the Brood Sages, Stormbound Players with a Head for the Game. I am Freeloader, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Arthas and Sabaiku. Sabaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. And Arthas, how are you doing? As always, I am doing great. <laughs> well, we are the Brood Sages, and as a reminder, you can always contact us at Brood Sages on Twitter. Or for all of you who used to want to wear a white blazer with sleeves rolled up, our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com. So guys, we, we talked very, very briefly last time because it had only been a couple of days into the month about the balance changes. We've been laddering up a little bit. Uh, Arthas, how has it been going? What do you think of the balance changes after a little bit more than a week? I, I really, I'm really loving that people are trying so many new cards now. Like uh, Broken Truth, I'm seeing more. Zuri, I'm seeing a lot of. Ooh. It's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's still real, it's still kind of hard to play against but like you know it it, it makes the, the game so much more interesting in my opinion rather than just being uh, hit by swarm rush or something yeah i mean i'm still having so much fun with my sunbeam decks and i'm i'm like one card away from optimizing it so i'm so close <laughs> you're gonna have to share that deck list with me sabaiku how about you yeah, I have to agree with everything Arthur said. Uh, you know, it's really great being able to face a swarm deck and legitimately not know is this a rush deck? Is this a mid range deck? Are they going to try to do something a little more, a little slower, or am I going to get punched in the face right away? And it does alter how you play the game. So you really have to pay attention to subtle cues about what they're playing. Yeah, I used to feel like I could just knee jerk guess when I saw a swarm that it was going to be an aggressive. Uh, deck and 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 this month I'm I'm guessing that same thing because that's just my habit and I'm wrong. <laughs> well, you it's, never used to be punished if you were wrong. True, as because well. the other swarm decks just weren't good enough to do any damage. <laughs> that's true. You you set up lethal and then they play like a, uh, a tower, yeah, or dread funds. And you're like, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> All right, so guys, um, there's a really big piece of news that we've been asked to give to the community. Most of you probably have already seen this the last time you logged on to the game, but if you haven't and you use a iOS device, uh, there are changes coming on the 21st of January to the game. Uh, and we just want to do this as a little PSA. If you play with a guest account uh, and you use an iOS device, iPhone, iPad, doesn't matter, please make sure to log in with your congregate account or with Apple's Game Center enabled before January 21st. Don't wait till then. Do it the day before, two days before, whenever you can. You are in risk of losing all of your game's progress if you don't log on in the next couple of days leading up to that 21st, okay? So everybody out there, you got yourself an Apple product that you play on, please log into your Congregate or your Apple Game Center account with the game on sometime before the 21st. Arthas, how is the Conquest tournament going? So this one, very interesting. Uh, the top four players um, have uh, been out, basically, except uh, Hanu, who is the, the sole uh, leader in tournament wins right now. He's actually fighting for third place against Shades. We get an interesting final with uh, two relatively new people in the equals uh, community, I believe. Or I'm just not active enough. That could also be a thing. But uh, two, newbie, two new people. Uh, for finals, uh, Grim and Lawbro, and uh, it's very interesting because um, the host uh, Pixels he has suggested the idea that some of the Brood Sages and Reckless Rush will come and commentate the match for third place and the final matchup together. 
And that would be great because uh, that would be uh, me, Freeloader, Reckless, uh, commentating for those ones. So that would be very, very cool. We're not really sure exactly all the details about it yet. But um, if you guys are, are interested or anything like that, yeah, should totally check that out. Yeah, this is one of my big personal um, uh, New Year's resolutions this year for playing Stormbound. Uh, I want to make this a more common thing that there's um, casting of the finals of these community tournaments. I think that would be really, really cool. So um, we're going to work the kinks out this time. We're going to do our best. Uh, unfortunately, we're advertising uh, all of these events. It looks like the finals are actually going to happen. Tomorrow is Tuesday. We're recording on Monday and this podcast goes live on Wednesday. <laughs> so it's like the absolute worst timing. We can't tell you who's won yet. <laughs> By the right. time you're listening to this, you'll know who the winner is. <laughs> well, we sure hope that you tuned in and you enjoyed it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, it's okay. So, um, Sabaiku, uh, what have you been playing this month? So I started the month playing a lot of Swarm mid-range, really messing around with Zuri. And, you know, my love for Dark Harvest is uh, well-documented on this podcast. I've been trying to make it work for quite some time. Uh, with the recent, relatively recent, a couple months ago, a few months ago now, change to Dark Harvest and the addition of Zuri. Uh, it really it works great in the deck. I'm pleased as punch playing it, but I started to run into trouble where it would either get outrushed early or just not quite be strong enough mid-range to hang with an ironclad deck, which mm. I still see all over the place, even after the linked golems change. So I switched over to a winter control deck. I've mostly been playing, um, you know, still trying to abuse Gift of the Wise and trying to turn the tide with a big, uh, big eight mana turn where I'm playing Crazy Bombers or Ulf or Siren along with another unit or two. It, it's had mixed bag of successes. Um, like I said, Ironclad is still really very prevalent and. Sometimes you just you get overrun with the Fort Tonic early and you just can't keep up with it. Uh, but it has been working pretty well for me so far. Uh, made my way up to plat one with it and still still learning how to optimize the early game. But I'm enjoying it very much. Ooh, and Arthas, what have you been playing? I've been playing a mix of stuff, mostly because my quests are making me. <laughs> but um but definitely like almost all of them i've been playing a uh, mid-range because i am still having so much fun learning that archetype after l knowing so much about control and uh knowing enough about rush and it's just lovely uh learning more techniques and uh, play styles so i'm still playing around with my um zuri decks and especially my uh, sunbeam serpents deck and it's getting super close to full optimization. And I'm very proud of that. I'm seeing MKM's been posting videos of him uh, trying to make a really good working Sunbeam Potion of Growth deck as well. And uh, <laughs> he's been he's quite anticipating uh, my finished product because uh, he's really curious. He's having a hard time. And I definitely did at first, which makes sense. But uh, yeah, I'm also thinking I should record very soon. But uh, there just aren't that many people in Diamond 1 right now. So there's, it's just all bots. So until until then, um, yeah, I guess they're going to have to wait for that video. No, make an alt account. Do a, do make a, an alt account. <laughs> make a rush to gold with the Dragon Shadowfen deck. I mean, I could also do like some kind of compilation. Seems people kind of like the way I did that last time. But anyway, that is 
that's enough about my YouTube. You guys should totally check it out, by the way, youtube.com slash channel, uh, slash artist route, actually. <laughs> you guys should definitely check it out. Uh, while we're on the topic, check out MKM's YouTube. Uh, like Arthur said, he's been posting a couple videos of a similar Shadowfen Dragon deck. Also, Frostcon had a, a similar uh, mid-range Shadowfen Dragon deck. So there's a lot out there. There's a definitely different ways to build it. We definitely recommend doing the research on YouTube, watching the videos and seeing what other people are having success with and what it looks like isn't working for them. And that's how you make your own list. It, yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring up FrostCon because uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I've been playing. I've been playing a modified deck of his. He is playing that indirect damage uh, uh, Shadowfen deck again, posted a video <laughs> of it recently. Um, gosh, I love that deck. It, it's like my favorite deck in the game. Uh, I've wanted to build it for a while. Unfortunately, my Ubass is just not high enough level to really make it work. So for the time being, I'm actually just using additional spam and playing Cordia in its place. I, I know it's not giving me the same kind of effect, but it it just clogs the board a lot so that I have time to cycle back around to my chestnuts for a second set of hits. Um, it's working great. It turns out uh, uh, Shadowfen Control right now is pretty strong. And that was actually my motivation for asking everybody what we're playing because this is our BS Meta Report episode for the month of January. BS Meta Report. BS Meta Report. BS Meta Report. And uh, it uh, has some very interesting information in it this time around, guys. Uh, when we look at the archetype frequency scores, uh, you won't believe what's seeing a ton of play. Ironclad Midrange and Swarm Rush. Oh man, Swarm Rush climbing back up at the uh, <laughs> at the popularity. The more things change, the more they stay the same. It's, it's the deck that won't die, uh, but it's a good thing, I think, because I think it's very healthy to have a deck in the game that newer players who don't have really established libraries but have good skill can easily build and utilize to get high finishes, right? And and so, uh, Sabaiku, if you'll recall, mid-range Hunter in Hearthstone for the longest time was like that cheap deck that that you can build first before you build anything else. Didn't have any legendaries. It was really inexpensive. To me, Swarm Rush is that deck for, for Stormbound. It's the, you know, if you're new to the game, but you want to be very competitive right away, put these cards together, you know, level them up as quickly as you can, but whatever levels you got, it'll work well enough. Just get on ladder with it. And to be fair, it has a spot in the meta. It it counters a lot of the mid-range decks, a lot of the slower, more greedy decks, and it helps to keep those decks in balance and keeps the game from spiraling out of control where it's all 30-minute control-v-control matchups. No! Who's got time for that? <laughs> exactly. The game I play on my phone, I can't just be sitting there looking at my phone for half an hour and then everyone will notice I'm not paying attention at work. Exactly. How are we supposed to do these Zoom calls if we have to play Stormbound for 30 minutes a game? Just casually rope. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, one thing I do see in the archetype frequency score, Ironclad as a faction is seeing give or take as much play we feel as winter pack and swarm combined. Yeah. Is ironclad just the behemoth that won't go away at this point? Yeah, I mean, I would say it really is. Where the heck are the, are, are the nerfs? I know we got the linked one, but come on. <laughs> There's so many cards. 
but, but I think linked. So my initial thought when I saw all the red in the donut, right, was, oh man, the linked golems nerf was not enough. It didn't, it was too power. It wasn't, you know, it's too powerful of a card. It wasn't nerfed enough to bring it back in line. But we then go down to our archetype relative power score. And I'm not seeing ironclad being all that highly regarded in terms of its, you know, power aside from the mid-range archetype. The other two are considered, honestly, tier three decks. And, and you see linked golems in Ironclad Rush, don't you? I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Linked golem being a nice auto-include, right? Um, it, it fits in every archetype of Ironclad. But what really defines the archetypes are like the other cards. Like with Control, there's True Shot usually, right? Mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Uh, Mia, it doesn't have to be Mia, but usually would be, right? True Shot or Siege. Rush would be like uh, Hearth Guards or something like that. And uh, more, more of those Green Gale Serpents. Right, exactly. Green Gale Serpents was the card that, that came right. to mind. But uh, you mentioned that um, the Link Golems nerf wasn't enough in the sense that Link Golems is still super strong. And uh, although I agree with that, Link Golems is really strong, but I wouldn't say that's what's carrying Ironclad Midrage. Otherwise, it would also be carrying the other archetypes. Exactly my point. That That's exactly the point I was trying to make, is I think it's Fort Tonic at this point. It's definitely Fort Tonic. It's definitely Fort Tonic. <laughs> there's, there's no question about it. They hit a card that definitely needed to be hit, right? Cheapyard balanced link golems. I think it's a lot more fair now. It's strong, but it's not overpowered. But Fort Tonic is still riding high off of the buff that it got earlier. Uh, How long ago was that? Four or five months now? Yeah, yeah. It's just been too good. And I think that that's probably... The main driver behind why these mid-range decks are are still doing so well. So mid-range in general is favored into control. And the most powerful deck in the game right now, we feel, is Ironclad Mid-Range. The next, like, two of the next three are control decks. Shadowfen Control and Winterpack Control. Nothing else is in Tier 1 with Ironclad Mid-Range this month. Everything else is Tier 2 that I'm talking about Right, so let's talk about that real quick for people that are not looking at the graph in front of them. Ironclad mid-range, we have Alone in Tier 1. In Tier 2, we have Shadowfen Control and Shadowfen mid-range at about the same power level. Uh, And then for the first time, we have a borderline. We have Winter Pact Control right on the edge between Tier 2 and Tier 3. We haven't discussed rounding here. I think we can today, we can round it up into Tier 2. I think that's right, yeah. But we definitely have four slower decks really... Showing at the top of the meta, we have a pretty distinct power spike with the Ironclad mid-range. The two Shadowfen control and mid-range are a step below that. And then you get the Winterpack control and a lot of a lot of the other decks that we've been talking about are kind of bunched up in tier three. Shadowfen Rush, Swarm Rush, Swarm mid-range, the other two Ironclad decks, and even Swarm control sneaking into the bottom. And then there's there's two decks that we just don't see often enough uh, on ladder to really be able to say that they have any amount of power whatsoever, and that's Winterpack Rush and Winterpack Midrange. They're just not seeing any play. It's 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 the old problem that that we highlighted a long time ago that there's not a lot of design space in Winterpack because of the mana ramp. Factions that can cheat mana like that can't be given good early or even mid game cards because it can get abused too easily. 
Yeah, uh, all of, all of the experimentation around Shivana seems to have settled on a more controlling deck rather than those mid-range builds that we were advocating early on. They just couldn't quite hang. But to get back to your point, um, you you started talking about two of the next three being control decks. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a normally in a meta in my experience playing other games when you have something like an ironclad mid-range seeing uh you know a huge amount of power and a huge amount of play like it is what you would normally expect to see in terms of frequency uh would be an almost equivalent uh uh, uh frequency of play of a rush deck to counter it and in fact that's exactly what we have with swarm rush swarm rush is being played at almost the same rate as ironclad midrange and you would think swarm rush is a decent counter to it but in my experience that hasn't been the case i have found uh, uh, Shadowfen Rush to be a stronger matchup into Ironclad midrange than Swarm Rush. I don't know if every if if anybody else has anything to to add to that, but I I struggle with Swarm Rush into Ironclad midrange. It's a it clogs the board on me. Yeah, I mean Shadowfen Rush. Uh, there's quite a lot of utility of, around uh, spamming Toads. I mean that's how I made it to Diamond One the first time. It really limits the enemy's options because of how little tiles they can actually put cards on. <laughs> exactly. I think that's really funny. And um like I know Swarm Rush has things like uh, Forgotten Souls, right? Or something like Vindicators that are like hard hitting uh finisher cards, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they take quite some uh setup. Shadow Fen Rush, you can just keep spamming toads and then you just do you just do butchers whenever it's convenient. <laughs> yeah, but the the point I'm just trying to make here is that Shadow Fen Control and Shadow Fen Midrange together aren't being as played as much as Swarm Rush. And those two are tier two decks. Swarm Rush currently is a tier three deck. I just, I, I'm, I'm surprised that, that Shadowfen Rush isn't seeing more love in the current meta. And may, maybe that's just because it's my baby <laughs> and I always wanted to see it doing well. I think it's a very strong deck right now. It's, it's almost a tier two deck, uh, but it's just not seeing a lot of play. About the uh, Shadowfen midrange and control not seeing that much play, um, the core cards there would be like a high-level Chestnuts, which is an epic card. Not a lot of people have something really, really uh, high up like that. Like Usually the giants, giant power spike is the uh, level 5 of the Chestnuts, mm. right? Level 4 is like, yeah. you know, it, it, does, it does the job, but it could be underwhelming sometimes. Right? That's such a good point, yeah. And yeah, then- so it's very expensive. And then with Shadowfen control... That tends to also have Ubis, which is legendary. Also, I can say underwhelming if it's not level five. I can, exactly. I can justify to that. Mm-hmm. So I think this the kind of like how expensive the deck is in terms of rarity is what makes it not see that much play. Swarm Rush has a lot of commons, right? And rares. So What I think is interesting here is on the frequency, Shadowfen as a whole, we are seeing more Shadowfen than we used to. Yep. Yep. You know, with Shadowfen as a whole, we see more than Swarm of as a whole, and and uh, Winter really seems to be decreasing. That seems to be where the players are migrating from, which makes sense. I I think that in general, we've talked about how hard it is to play a control deck when you're not at least on par with card levels with your opponent. You can't really punch up as a control player. Um, otherwise, you just your Hunter's Vengeance just doesn't do enough. Your, your Ulf doesn't heal you for enough. Your Gift of the Wise doesn't give you enough mana. It's very expensive to play mm-hmm. a Winterback control deck. 
But we also see from the frequency that, that Winter Pack has basically lost any and all innovation going on aside from those control decks. Yeah. There was experimentation in mid-range. Arthas and, and, and I, and I think even Sabaiku tried a little bit of it with the Giovanna stuff, and it was great. But it's kind of petered out at this point. The only thing going on with Winter is control, and yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. You know, the problem with Winter Pack mid-range is just that it's not as good. It's not as controlling as say a shadow fan mid-range is so you don't have that kind of option to fall back on if you're starting to get outrushed uh and it doesn't build as strong of a board as a swarm mid-range or an ironclad mid-range definitely does so you can't play the value game as well and you can't outrush your opponent as well it kind of just falls off on both ends you know what i blame i blame chilled stone dames being bumped up in mana I, I, I think I, th- I think adding the extra effect to it was awesome, but making it more expensive. No, just, you, you, yeah, it has to be more expensive with an effect like that. You can't just actually though <laughs> put that down on even at five mana an effect like that. I think it might be undervalued. Well, I, I suppose, but I just I, I look at, at no one's playing winter mid range. And I just, I just feel like it needs a little shot in the arm of something. Giovanna was a really good shot in the arm, um, but it's not enough. It's certainly not enough to, to, to take down Ironclad. I, I think the real problem right now in the meta is that that Fort Tonic-based Ironclad deck is just... It makes a lot of high-value units on the board that there's not an AoE in the game that can deal with. I would say that the top decks right now, like with Ironclad uh, mid-range, you know, spamming for Tonic, and with Shadowfen control, and sometimes mid-range or rush, spamming things like Chestnuts, um, players are kind of almost forced to play particular cards or decks that actually can deal with that. I mean, we like we mentioned before, Shadowfen is getting more popular, and so these these decks are also seeing more play, these powerful decks. Ironclad is still really popular so that one's being seen all the time. So like with Winter Pack, um, like if they if they don't want to die to chestnuts, like they, they want to put something like confinement, that doesn't really help a mid-range play style all that much. That's more of a oh, control thing. Yeah. And then like looking at the decks that the people share on Discord, it's it's really <laughs> I, it's they're they're barely winter decks, dude. They're just gifted a wise neutral decks. <laughs> oh, you need it's the old in there. Come on, you need the light. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The old, but come on. <laughs> well, I hoped I hope that we see something. The, the good news is, uh, Brjoza was talking about uh, the fact that there is going to be a major update uh, into February, and my hope is that along with it being you know something that maybe adds uh, a, a, a new play mode or something like that. Like I don't know, I'm just I'm hoping for the the world, right? Give give it all to me in February. But one of the things I am hoping is to see the Ironclad mid range nerf somehow I, I i'm I'm a little concerned to be honest my my first thought when i saw the link golems nerf was this isn't enough and then i see ironclad still seeing huge amounts of play and i'm like aha i was right it's not enough but when i look at the power rankings and i see that ironclad russian ironclad control are tier three decks right now and they just don't have a lot of power to them my real concern is does Ironclad go the way of Winter Pack if if Fort Tonic gets nerfed too bad? I mean, there's there's not a lot of power left in the faction, and I want it to stay healthy. Uh, is there a way to soften Ironclad uh, going into February in a way that's going to make mid range 
still maybe even tier one, but hopefully kind of like upper tier two, you know, just something, bring it back into the pack a little bit. I don't think that um, nerfing Fort Tonic um, would kill the faction because I would say Ironclad is probably the number one most flexible faction in the entire game, just with the way the cards are designed. And uh, I mean, things like Embers, people hardly play that, but like they could easily play that, right? Or like um, spamming Phoenix, right? That's also an actual viable technique they could be doing, right? But like, it's just that Fortonic's getting all the love right now. And I don't think that nerfing it will kill the faction. It will just bring more appeal to any of the like alternate ways to approach the faction. My experience with the Ironclad Rush deck that the Magi and I um, kind of put together has been really positive. Uh, remember, the whole deck is three mana or less, aside from Windmakers. It turns out that Fort Tonic is so flexible in that deck because it doesn't matter what you buff. My whole board just gets AoE-proofed when I play it. And for a Rush deck to be able to drop four mana and be completely protected against any controlling play from your opponent, because the best card in the game is probably broken truce to, to counter my play and and not a lot of people are playing that um but aside from that like even toxic sack isn't gonna hurt the uh unstable build right that's fair but the toxic sacrifice at least removes the buff that the fort tonic placed right so yeah. at level yeah. five fort tonic buffs by five Level five toxic sacrifice removes six health, seven if you count the poison tick at the start of the next turn. Right. So for the same amount of mana, you are countering the fort tonic and also uh, doing a little extra damage at the cost of one of your units, which is the price that Shadowfin is often willing to pay. Oh, for sure. But, but without fort tonic, it's a full clear, right? Like without fort tonic, my well, entire sure. deck dies to toxic. When I don't play any cards, my opponent has a lot easier time clearing my board. That is true. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> but my point is, like, the other cards to counter it, Broken Truth or a unit in Toxic Sacrifice, are at least on a similar power level. Um, mm -hmm. But because, mm -hmm. because of the limitations around the interaction with structures or needing to have front to activate Toxic Sacrifice... Uh, it's it's a little tougher to use. Arthas, you've played around with Broken Truce a little more than I have. You slotted that into your Zeri deck. Has that helped you against the Ironclad midrange matchup? Well, yes, in some cases. Other cases, it's not necessary because I have my own methods, like uh, putting Edric in front of the units or winning before those big big units hit my base. Um, but like definitely <laughs> That's broken definitely truce. the best way to go about it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> defense is a good offense. But um, looking at other things where like um, someone plays broken truce against me, I think it's people are still finding it a bit difficult to know when to play broken truce because uh, I know I know that the, the times I do see it happen, it's like whoa, that's like a really good play, right? Dang perfect card for that moment but then could just imagine all the times they've been cycling it <laughs> you know yeah. well sure but any any situational reactive removal card you're gonna be cycling it away a lot it's it's usually the first card in your hand to go right like unhealthy mm -hmm. hysteria there's no target for it this turn right now i've got to get rid of it to find something that i can play yeah i wouldn't say broken truce is a bad card i think it's one of the 
coolest and most flexible cards out there right now and it's probably one of one of the obvious definitions of a swing turn broken shoes does that for you in many different ways <laughs> I, I mean that's why i put in my decks now i know i don't use it that much but it, it really complements my decks so well we're not seeing in our rankings the power level of swarm mid-range or swarm control though um is it just because people aren't really playing it oh i would say that um right now uh from the way people see it like yeah we're seeing popularity with mid-range and control and uh, we're seeing it's like growth in power for myself i would say they're probably stronger than what people think right now it's just that people are still learning the decks i mean i know it took me a really long time to learn my uh, zuri deck and I know also others who I have um, shared a deck with and are now finding a lot of success. They also took a while to learn it. But um, I can definitely say it's it's probably stronger than what it is right now in the report. It's just that, yeah, people are still learning. People are still optimizing decks. Most people have been playing Swarm Rush instead of any other kind of Swarm. And uh, I'm really predicting and expecting that there will be a growth in power over time in the meta report as we see uh, more people getting familiar with the playstyles. Yeah, that's a good point. You you've been playing Swarm mid range f- since you know pre buff, uh, so you've got a lot more experience with it than most. And the way we uh, ask our uh, survey takers to to fill out the form, we're basically asking the question, "What do you struggle to play against the most?" Right, and so there is a factor involved in answering that question of, well, how good is your opponent playing that deck, right? So Ironclad Midrange hasn't really changed much over the last couple of months in terms of its playstyle or its card inclusions. And so it makes sense that not only is that deck very powerful, but people are also very adept at playing it. Whereas something that's fairly new to the meta, like the current Zuri Swarm Midrange with, you know, maybe Broken Truce, maybe not, but definitely Dark Harvest, that deck uh, is fairly new. And so even people who recognize its power and are trying to play it might not be playing it optimally yet. I think that's a, a very interesting point to kind of keep in the back of our heads when we look at some of these newer archetypes as they pop up. I don't know how much of Shadowfen midrange is dragon-based, but I've definitely played against more than a few on ladder, and they've been... Uh, They've been very tough to beat. They feel like they're very strong. So people people seem to be playing that deck well, and the perceived power level of a Shadowfin mid-range deck is pretty high. Whether That's people fair. think they're playing against Glaxy or Dragons or whatever, that kind of all gets lumped together in our report, so it's hard, mm-hmm. to, hard to judge. But maybe that deck is just easier to pick up. Maybe the Surrey deck is just a little bit harder to operate because it doesn't have as much in the way of defense. I don't know. That's a good point, too, because I'm pretty sure prior to January 1 of 2021, nobody played Shadowfen Dragons ever. <laughs> like I said before, I was so close to giving up on them. <laughs> <laughs> but even the, the Shadowfen midrange archetype was not strong for us early on. You know, sometimes it snuck into the bottom of our tier two, but it was never as definitive perceived as as strong as it is right now. The play style of Shadowfen Rush and Shadowfen Midrange are very similar. Like if you look at the the deck builds, even the ones that are dragon based, there's still a lot of overlap. And there's a lot of the flexible cards that both of them use. 
and I'm wondering how many people kind of jumped from Shadowfen Rush to Shadowfen Midrange just because, hey, cool, like, you know, I, I kind of know how to play this deck anyway, but I want to try out the new dragon stuff. Shadowfen Rush is still performing pretty well. You know, it's, it's in the middle of the pack, maybe a little on the high end um, in terms of power level. Obviously, on the Brute Sages, we always say every month we think it's it's underranked. We think the power level is very high for that, but we've been practicing cutting our teeth on that deck for uh combined between the three of us probably about three years so yeah that sounds about right uh, but but the meta report does say that the shadow fan as a faction is the strongest faction in the game right now and i i, I definitely think that's accurate that's fair mm-hmm. three of the top five decks are shadow decks correct and if there is a d- faction and archetype that is troublesome it's 100 percent ironclad midrange no doubt about it all right so moving on from the meta report uh Arthas, Brzoza uh, dropped a couple of leaks uh, in uh, the Discord recently. There were two new mechanics mentioned. Can you tell us anything about that? So he didn't actually say what the mechanics are, but he said that, you know, uh, he has they have started testing a completely new mechanic slash ability that they're going to be adding in the game. And uh, these two mechanics, um, one of them is offensive and one of them is defensive. And he also says that these are like pretty big changes because once they add these mechanics, they'll actually have to rework several of the existing cards. And uh, some of those is Warfront Runners, Heroic Soldiers, like you mentioned before. So I'm really curious what those are going to be, you know, because they recently added Vitality as a new mechanic. It's great that they're adding so many um, new ones as well and changing some of the the other cards that are, you know, not as interesting, you know, the the power creeped vanilla cards. And I don't know what else are going to be reworked, but that's what he mentioned so far. So, so Sabaiku, I was going to uh, point out that last time you had a very good point about how some of the uh, knight cards like Terrific Slayers, for example, or um, Joust Champions, they, they, they seem to have sort of a non-face damaging flavor to them. That would be a an offensive mechanic that you could definitely implement where if a unit is trading into another unit, it does mm-hmm. extra damage, right? That would be, that would be something knights could do. Knights have lances. They let you hit first. Okay. Okay. So almost like a first strike from magic, the gathering. Is that, Ooh, imagine. That... Ooh. Ooh, a first strike would be really cool. Like it's a one-time thing for that unit only works at the first time they attack, but not the second time. Ooh. Oh, interesting. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I like that a lot. I wonder what the defensive one would be, though. I really, I'm like actually uh, empty in ideas for that one. Well, maybe it could be some sort of armor mechanic while we're on the topic of knights, right? Like a shield that uh, protects them from incoming damage. So it doesn't apply when you attack, but when you get attacked, you can take take a little bit extra. Either whenever you're attacked or one time you have, you know, X armor and when it's gone, it's gone. Interesting. Interesting. That reminds me of a particular card in Clash Royale uh, guards. They have this like a shield that can uh, mitigate the first damage that they take, no matter how strong it is. And as soon as the shield is gone, they're like really fragile. That'd be interesting. I'm not sure this might be a bit too strong for something like Stormbound because it could just soak up. It could yeah. soak up like a hundred strength rhyme the first time. Right. 
<laughs> that, that was the uh, divine shield mechanic in Hearthstone. It was the same thing. It would just absorb the entire first hit. I was thinking something more along mitigating damage, but not not necessarily absorbing all of it. Right. Yeah. Further into the leaks, uh, we also have Berzoza mentioning in the Discord that uh, we don't have to ask anymore for a new game mode and a lot of eye emojis from him and leaks. But <laughs> um, it seems very, very likely that they actually have a, a new game mode coming out uh, eventually. And I'm really curious what this one's going to be because, uh, I mean, I know we have Brawl right now. And we have ranked, but like, what what other game could they possibly do? Like, I know people have been like uh, exploring the idea of like some kind of stormbound blitz mode where it's like much faster or something like that. But I I don't I don't know. But it's really exciting to hear about. A safer bet might be just a casual mode where it's just like ranked, but there's no um, stars involved with in it, right? So it's almost like playing a um, a friendly, but against people you don't know. Oh, it's like a quick play instead of ranked. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Sabaiku, what do you think? The first thing that I thought of when I read that on the Discord was Reckless Rush's uh, draft tournament, right? Something like Hearthstone Arena mode where you're presented with an option of cards, you pick one, and you continue that way until you have a full deck of semi-random cards. Oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. That would be a lot of fun. That would be awesome. It would just be complicated to like, uh, you know, consider the levels of people's collections or something like that but that would be really cool well you would have to do it either as an equals or you know set everybody's cards to level three mm, yeah. or whatever set everybody's to level five charge two dollars per entry would you do it if you got to play until you had let's say three losses i think a lot of people would do it one time and never again <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean that would kind of remind me of uh, sorry i keep mentioning clash royale but you guys keep mentioning hearthstone and i haven't played yeah, no, so it's my, my, this is my payback um i know uh clash royale has like this uh what the, i forgot what they were called oh my gosh like challenge mode or something mm-hmm. where uh they they go up in tiers much like in brawl when they win games but they can only lose up to like three games and you know the more they win uh the better the rewards they get yep 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 could certainly do something like that. And I think for a lot of people who don't currently have level five cards, uh, getting to jump into a mode like that and try out um, uh, level five cards might be a lot of fun for them. I don't know. That's That, that was what I was thinking was part of the, the selling point to it would be like, hey, jump in here, try out that level five Aaron. See if you like her now that she still can't do Gift of the Wise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Charging charging real money per entry feels real bad there, though. It's got to be an option for in-game gold, too. It has to be in-game. Especially since a lot of the top-end players complain that they don't really have anything to do with their gold other than Brawl. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, find find yeah, a use yeah. for it. Give them another way to compete. Oh, I like that. No, that's a really good point. I just want to point out here that we have had no pre-conversations about any of this with anyone that has any knowledge whatsoever. So if we're if we're right on any of this, it's pure luck and it's never yeah. going to happen again. <laughs> Very good that you give that disclaimer. This is just us and the Discord community piecing together the, the subtle leaks that Brazoza gives. So uh, <laughs> that's just us uh, entertaining and exploring that, those ideas. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're, we're literally shooting in the dark. But hey, every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut, man. It can happen. 
So Arthas, the last thing that Brigitte talked about was uh, there's a farmer problem. And we're, I think, fairly aware of this as a community. Uh, he said they're going to fix it, right? Um, so let me allude to something we mentioned before. But uh, they said that they were planning on implementing something big in the game that would solve the top three biggest problems of Stormbound. Sounds very promising, right? And these problems uh, involved uh, matchmaking, farming, and endgame rewards. Okay. Um, Brazoza mentioned that this one big implementation will fix all three, as, or at least they hope it would. And uh, if he mentioned uh, on the Discord, because uh, people were still asking about the farmer problem, he said that that implementation will probably be occurring in March instead of what we um, originally thought of to be next month in February. So it might be March, which also means that uh, the big Sheepyard 3 update will also probably be March. But don't take my word for it. We still have something like the six legendary structures. I don't know when those are going to be. It could also <laughs> be next month, right? But I would definitely put my money on uh, Sheepyard 3, the big the big update on March because of this uh, farmer problem thing. And uh, no, st- still no one has any clue what this is. I mean, people are still... People are still trying to dissect the farmer problem, whether if it's like intrinsic, if it's part of the people problem or like the economy problem or the matchmaking. And uh, I'm, it's, it's really hard to uh, think from what we have um, as players what they're going to be doing about it. But it's definitely something to look forward to because uh, they did say it will be a very big change. Okay. Well, I'm very excited to see uh, what that's going to be. Hopefully we can get Brjoza on later this month for the first uh, February episode. And, and and maybe I can prod him a little bit and get him to to open up a little bit about what they're thinking for that major revision. I'm pretty stoked, to be honest. Uh, when I when I got started with this game, Sabaiko, I know you got started at the same time. There was a pace to the changes of the game that was not, I, I, I don't want to say it wasn't too frequent. It was happening, but not very often. And I don't know. I like this. You? Yeah, it's it's so great to see that Sheepyard is actively managing the game. You know, it was it was pretty quiet under Paladin. That's what I'll say. I don't want to uh, speak ill of the recently departed. Agreed. Okay, guys, I, we we did this last time, and I know we're running out of time, but I really want to do it again because uh, the way you form a habit is by uh, doing it repeatedly. So we did it last time. Let's do our card of the week. This week it's going to be very quick. It is a neutral card. Very quick, ha! <laughs> it is four mana. Uh, it's a common. Uh, it's called Rapid Mousers. Its leveling uh, is always three movement. It moves uh, up in strength. Uh, level one is one health, up to five at f- level five. So that's one, two, three, four, five. It, the, the easiest card, I think, to compare Rapid Mousers to would be like um, either like Warfront or something like Grim Couriers, right? Okay, okay. I mean, Warfront has uh, one less speed for one more strength, right? It kind of makes sense. But in uh, Grim Couriers and Agents in Charge, they have two more strength. Um, still the same speed of three, but uh, one extra mana. So um, I think it's in a very awkward in-between <laughs> <laughs> like Warfront and Grim Couriers? Usually that one extra mana gives you one extra strength. The fact that it doesn't get one extra strength when you go up in mana cost up to agents in charge saying you get two extra just shows you how 
underpowered this card is. But I also want faction cards to be notably stronger than neutrals, right? I guess. But then if you compare it. Okay, so I know we're diverging from rapid mouses, but this is interesting because uh, agents in charge and grim couriers, right? Faction cards, five mana. Same strength as blue sail. The blue sail has less movement, still the same mana. Poor blue sail. Well, that is fair. It's such a niche card. I mean, clearly it has a purpose of like sniping the enemy base, right? But it's just, it's strength. It's just, eh. <laughs> right? In general, we've talked about tempo being a combination of strength and movement. This is too much on the movement side. There's not enough strength involved. And uh, to add to like the, um, what makes movement a bit difficult is that, you know, with something like three speed, that's really hard to position in the way you want it to. <laughs> the The board basically dictates where it goes. You don't really have much of way of like extra planning or like if you know if just if the enemy just decided to play a card in this particular vicinity, not even a particular tile. Rapid Mousers just like gets you know off track. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Uh, and and for the mana. I think most people would prefer to play Saber Paws uh, with Green Protos or Recruits, right? So, or, or Lime Limbs or uh, Restless Goats. Like you could put five points of damage to your opponent's base, but still leave five health behind with either of those like pairings. I, I just, I don't know when you want three movement in a single card like this uh, so cheap. That not cheap enough. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, not cheap enough. But I mean, so, you know, so, you because you, know, you, you brought up a really good point, right? In general, you pay a one mana penalty for extra movement. So five strength, two speed. You get that with saber paws. You get that with restless goat. Admittedly, with with trade offs, but the fact that you have to pay two extra mana for that extra movement, it, it really again. Like this card is just not not quite right. Yeah, it's I mean, true. there are so many four mana cards in the game that are just way better, and not necessarily for the same purpose. But a lot of these cards are almost always like auto includes, like something like witches, right, or windmakers, yeah, finite yep. loopers, right. There's a lot of those four mana cards that just take the spot. I would say four mana in the game is probably one of the most oversaturated. Uh, mana slots right now. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I would argue that the neutrals for four mana are not. Yeah, it's all faction cards at four mana yeah, that are yeah. really good, right? Exactly. Windmakers and witches, even Pan Heralds, Mistwives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the all the all the good four mana cards are in the factions, and I don't think the neutral set has a really good four mana card. Terrific Slayers. <laughs> i would say siege breakers and edric but uh yeah no yeah. i those take some they're, learning <laughs> they're both specialty cards though they're both tech cards really right so let me ask you this question arthas do you play rapid mousers at three mana for the same strength and speed correct i think that would be overpowered but yes <laughs> i think it would be overpowered <laughs> i already know lime limbs is like super strong mm-hmm. oh man Extra speed on that card? Oh no! That's true. It's just fine with plus one. Well, actually, that's that's the that's the thing is that is that um, even if it didn't have the plus one, um, that that three mana runner is there's like only two of them in the game, right? One is in Ironclad, and it's seriously underpowered for offensive play, but it's a fantastic defensive card. 
and then there's lime limbs and that's it there's no other three mana runners am i wrong well, there's first mutineer i know it's kind of forgotten but yeah people oh, still yeah. play that <laughs> nope first mutineers is a great card there are there are definitely an abundance of cheap runners and if you added this into the pack at three mana yeah that would be it, too much some play right you could just move if this were three and say restless goats were two for five mana you could move all the way from your baseline into the opponent's base. Oh, that yeah, that might be too much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, moving on from there, like I said, it was going to be a rapid conversation. Um, uh, we did get some feedback this week. Uh, Evil Deck said uh, uh, this about our last episode, uh, and I love the use of whilst. By the way, that's uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, whilst I kind of miss the self-deprecating humor. It makes the podcast sound lighthearted and relaxing, which in my tiny opinion is good for podcasts. Well, Evil Deck, thank you very much. And also, I still suck, so don't worry. We'll find ways of making fun. <laughs> uh, and with that, guys, I think that's going to uh, uh, end it for this episode. For Arthas and Spikeu, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you to please stay hydrated. <laughs>